somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Well, we have some lots of big news today. A lot of big news. Mayorkas is getting impeached. Yeah, you look at it and you say, well, he didn't get impeached. You had three slimy Republicans uh, that um, that voted to not impeach Mayorkas. Actually, four, but there's a caveat. There's an asterisk to the last one. So the villains of the Republican Party with regard to Mayorkas is Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin, Congressman Mike Gallagher, Congressman Tom McClintock of California, and... You know him, you love him, Congressman Ken Buck from Colorado. The three slimiest Republicans in the House right now. And the hero of the Republican Party in the House right now is Blake Moore, Utah Congressman. Moore voted nay so that GOP can bring Bill back again. Because, see, Steve Scalise, they, we have like a razor, uh, the Republicans have like a razor small majority, right? Like one, two votes. And, you know, that's because they got rid of Santos, number one. They should have never done that. And then that's because Kevin McCarthy bailed and wanted to go off and be a lobbyist. And th- he should have never been speaker in the first place. And and then now you got this Ronna McDaniel that's resigned in disgrace, and her chief of staff resigned yesterday because they were they were they were getting a whole bunch of plastic surgery, as you know. It's obvious, you know. Personal fitness trainers, all kinds of grand grand furniture, uh, travel expenses, all paid for. Living the lavish high life, plastic surgery, just basically kickback city. And personal enrichment. 
But Ronna McDaniels is out. She stunk up the place. Nobody was donating to Win Red. They had this joint fund, fund uh, this joint fund between Trump and Ronna McDaniel, and she actually looked like she was doing something because of Trump's uh, was getting the money and making the coffers of RNC rich. But then Trump separated from that fund, and he separated from it, and now Trump is loaded with cash, and the RNC basically has nothing. They have a lower cash on hand than they ever had in the 2016 race. And Trump said in his interview with Maria Bar- Bartiroma that he was going to, uh, a lot, there's going to be a lot of changes in the Republic of the RNC, at the RNC. And then he, ca- he called and asked for the resignation of Ronald McDaniel and she gave it. Otherwise, he was probably going to come out with a lot of dirt or something that was going to make Ronald McDaniel's life very difficult. So we got a lot of different stories going on. We got Tucker Carlson in Russia. He's going to interview Vladimir Putin, or already did. You got the Nevada vote. Okay, so there was a popular vote or a poll vote, a ballot vote, yesterday. And that vote, none of the above won because everybody can't stand Nikki Haley. Every time I put on my X or Twitter... Um, every time I put it on, the first ad, the first tweet that I see is Nikki Haley. Now, I was going to block it. It was getting so annoying. But I was like, uh, I'm interested. I'm interested in the algorithm, the tech behind this. Because, see, Reed Hoffman is one of her key financiers. Never mind the fact that he was also E. Jean Carroll's uh, donor for her $83.3 million ridiculous, uh, frivolous lawsuit that was over 30 years old, and she doesn't remember what year she was allegedly raped, and then she calls rape sexy, but that's all another story. But Reed Hoffman from LinkedIn, LinkedIn who banned Scott Adams once upon a time for posting an article, um, Reed Hoffman used to be one of the chief guys over at PayPal and worked with, you guessed it, Elon Musk. Now, I don't know whether Elon Musk and Reed Hoffman are friends, but Reed Hoffman is, you know, he donated $14 million to the Democrats in just the previous election. I mean, that's a lot of money. And so when you think about what Reed Hoffman is about, he's a Democrat operative. You know, they got Soros, they got Bill Gates, they got Reed Hoffman, they got Tom Steyer, you know, all these, they got Warren Buffett, you know, they, they, they try to say that the Republicans are the party of the, of, of the money class. That's not even close to being true. How about Mark Zuckerberg donating what? The equivalent of about a billion dollars to the Democrat Party in 2020? When you, when you consider the true value of censorship and the true value of what he did in election rigging. Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook, Instagram. And so, you know, when you think about all that, and then you think about 
Jeffrey Bezos and his investment and what he puts out with the Washington Post, right? And then you think about what Twitter was at the time. You take, you take a look at Google and Alphabet, and you just add up their intrinsic value of what they brought to the table in the 2020 election with a guy like Joe Biden who can't even string sentences together. It's insane. And still Trump won. There's no way that Biden got 81 million votes. I think 81 million votes were counted. But as we're going to learn today, this whole thing about people filling out other people's ballots, unbeknownst to them, is a real thing. It's happening. It just, I have a story I'm going to share with you today where it happened in Atlantic City. And they busted the guy. The guy was a city council guy. So we got to put a stop to lawfare in this country. There's a lot of lawfare going on. You know, law, law warfare. And uh, so, you know, the main stories are Mayorkas is about to get impeached. He just, it just hasn't, he just, just doesn't know it yet. Tucker is interviewed Putin or is interviewing Putin. The Nevada caucus is tomorrow. The, the, the Nevada caucus is, uh, I believe, uh, Thursday and uh, the February 8th. And Trump's going to win that in a landslide. Nikki Haley lost to none of the above in some sort of a stupid poll that Trump wasn't even on. <laughs> Trump wasn't on the ballot, but he the none of the above vote was for Trump. For, and, and hardly anybody showed up for that. Not that many. I mean, a small number compared to what will show up when it counts. So Trump will get all those delegates. And then Trump's going to do a landslide victory in South Carolina. But getting back to this, I get on Twitter or X, and Nikki Haley's the first thing that pops up. And you just know that Reed Hoffman and, you know, who knows Elon Musk, they work together at PayPal. There's a lot of money invested in Nikki Haley's Twitter campaign. And it's clear, it's obvious that what she's doing is she's running negative ad after negative ad after negative ad. And her ads, her tweets are nothing more than ads. And they're popping up on Trump supporters like myself. And so it's just interesting how that works. You could actually send out a tweet and it'll go to every single one of your uh, competitors' followers. And it's not even in the form of an ad. It doesn't say this is an ad. It's an algorithm. And I just think it's, I mean, statistically, it's impossible. So that's interesting to me, how Twitter, the new Twitter, the new X, is working. Where you could tailor your tweets and have them seen by, I think Facebook's been doing that. And I don't think it's a new technology, but it still is very interesting. And despite that level of investment that Reed Hoffman is, you know, paying off E. Jean Carroll and Nikki Haley at the same time to attack one man 
and that guy's name's Trump, and yet Trump is still cleaning up in, in a landslide victories everywhere you turn, and even the black community and Hispanic communities are turning to Trump. You know, especially with what happened in the Bronx, Trump came out with a new ad exploiting the heck out of that. The, the uh, illegal migrants that beat up two NYPD officers and then flipped the bird to the American public and laughed about it, went into the jailhouse after they were arrested, and then were released with no bail. It's just absolutely incredible. So, Nevada Republican presidential primary. So it says here, Nikki Haley loses the Nevada primary to none of the above. None of these candidates. Donald Trump is not on the ballot because it doesn't count and will be the winner of the caucus on Thursday and get the state's delegates. Simple. All right, so in a, the update uh, related to Mayorkas's impeachment goes like this. So this guy, uh, Blake Moore from Utah, changed his vote at the last minute and the reason why is because Steve Scalise is getting cancer treatment. And we still, we couldn't get three Republicans together because they're being paid off by corporations who insist on open borders so that they can exploit slave labor. That's what they do. So Mike Gallagher from Wisconsin, Tom McClintock from California, and Ken Buck from Colorado sold out Americans by not impeaching Mayorkas. No, oh, yeah, more than likely we'll get somebody just as bad as Mayorkas. But here's the story, just so you could hear from, you know, a news source uh, instead of an, a political analyst like myself. And uh, let's take a listen to this. Importance. Now, I mentioned that Blake Moore, the Republican from Utah, he moved to reconsider the vote. This is after he switched his vote from yes to no. The reason that's important is that this was going down at 215 to 215. By rule, a tie vote loses in the House of Representatives. So why would Blake Moore, who's now the vice chair of the Republican conference, who wants to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas, switch his vote to no? Well, if you just have a straight vote, a tie vote here, it's off the table. It's done. Fiend, 30. But if you switch your vote to the prevailing side, in this case, the, 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 the no's, so Blake Moore member of the leadership, switches his vote to the prevailing side, the no's, they are able to recall this vote at some point. Maybe not tonight, maybe not in the next few days, maybe when they get Steve Scalise, the majority leader, back, maybe if they win that special election on Long Island next week, if they win, they might have the votes to impeach. So Blake Moore is not necessarily against impeachment, but what he did is yeah. he switched so he was on the prevailing side. They didn't have the votes. Otherwise, this was a done deal at 215 right. to 215. So Charlie Kirk writes this. Uh, Blake Moore from Utah is apparently in favor of impeaching Mayorkas, but switched his vote to no in a parliamentary tactic to avoid a tie vote, given, giving the House another opportunity to vote on impeachment once Steve Scalise is back. Bingo. Got it. 
All right. So now we got Joe Biden shuffles to his lectern one and a half hours late and announces the immigration system has been broken. <laughs> and then what What would I do as president? I would be, in, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge the border, he says. So we're going to listen to a couple of little clips of this lying Joe Biden. And uh, check this out. Who broke it, Joe? For much too long, as you all know, the immigration system has been broken. Who it's broke long it? past time to fix it. Who broke it, Joe? I would, in fact, make sure that there is, we immediately surge to the border. All those people are seeking asylum. They deserve to be heard. That's who we are. We're a nation that says if you want to flee and you're fleeing oppression, you should come. More than 11,000 migrants are waiting in shelters in northern Mexico. 3,800 in Tijuana, 3,200 in Reynosa, 4,000 in Matamoros. Many... Uh, the border is closed. The border is secure. Lying Mayorkas. <laughs> This whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, I mean. as, as the president said, uh, he's all about border security. Tonight, nearly 10,000 migrants a day. That is what federal officials say they are encountering at the U.S. southern border on average. Escalates in December. U.S. officials now warning that the situation is nearing a, quote, breaking point. I want to be very clear. Our borders are not open. Because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. This is not a surge. Hey, These are children. No, they're not. And they are not insurgents. And we are not being invaded. Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> we are. Penn State. Um, here. So check this out. So this is 2015, right? Remember when uh, Mayorkas and Biden were sitting next to each other and Biden said this? Not only are Muslim communities, but African communities, Asian communities, Hispanic communities. And, and the wave still continues. It's not going to stop. Nor should we want it to stop. As a matter of fact, uh, um, it's one of the things I think we can be most proud of. So, uh, so there's a second thing in that black box, an unrelenting stream of immigration, nonstop, nonstop. Folks like me who were Caucasian of European descent for the first time in 2017 will be in an absolute minority in the United States of America, absolute minority. Fewer than 50% of the people in America from then and on will be white European stock. That's not a bad thing. That's a, that's a source of our strength. Not only are Muslim communities, but African communities, Asian communities, so, Hispanic I mean, communities. This is all part of like a social, socio-engineering scheme of sorts from Joe Biden, it seems like. That's so... So, you know, saying it's broken. It's been broken. It, it, he's the one that broke it. But blaming MAGA Republicans and Trump, that's insane. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know 
that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. What? Trump's numbers were a fraction of what they are today. They were like 400,000, not two, three million. (laughs) I mean, give me a break. So the other news uh, is Vladimir Putin and Tucker Carlson. Everybody's making a big stink out of, you know, Tucker's a treasonous traitor. You know, he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. The thing is, is that they're in panic mode because they censored, you know, um, they censored Sputnik and Rupley and Russian Today uh, on every Western platform. They Nobody was allowed to interview, uh, nobody in the corporate media that's in charge of pushing the, the fake globalist pop propaganda arm. The propaganda arm, the globalist propaganda arm that wants to use ESG taxation to regulate your energy consumption. They want to control your food systems. They have Bill Gates in charge of vaccines that are poisonous and that and these are the people same people that support depopulation and bill gates is also doing things with mosquitoes he's investing in research related to uh synthetic foods and all kinds of things that haven't been tested they just want to roll them out they want to work with the who and uh usurping your sovereignty in the name of another pandemic. We haven't had a pandemic in 100 years. And all of a sudden, there's a man-made one called COVID-19 that comes out of a lab in Wuhan, and everybody lied about it. USAID, it turns out, from the State Department, you know, because the State Department has a money arm called USAID, USAID, and then they have an enforcer arm, and that's the CIA. And they're all part of the same group. And what they do is they finance gain-of-function research. That's what USA, Samantha Power, the one who unmasked all the names in the Trump uh, ecosystem in, in, the, in the precursor to his 2016 win, they, they uh, spied on the Trump campaign. And they unmasked names. And Samantha Power, who was a UN ambassador at the time, did more unmasking than any other human being on the planet. She is a dirty, rotten scoundrel, Samantha Power. And she's in charge of USAID, the shadiest organization in Washington. Besides the CIA, who actually kills people, like, you know, murders presidents and stuff like that. So the G7 nations, you know, if you are an Ottawa trucker, You fear Trudeau more than you fear Putin. If you're a J6 incarcerated right now, sitting in a rotting in prison in D.C., you fear Joe Biden more than you fear Vladimir Putin. And if you're an American taxpayer and you're middle class and all you're trying to do is get to work and have the government leave you alone, you fear Joe Biden and you fear the the two-tier justice system And you fear the weaponization of government more than you fear Vladimir Putin. I think it's high time we hear what Vladimir Putin has to say. 
And I think that what's happening is the Western media that pushes the globalist propaganda agenda in the name of climate change so that they could regulate you and control you and set up and establish 15-minute cities and tell you you can't have manufacturing in the West, but you can have more manufacturing in so-called developing nations like in China, where there's 1.5 million uh, billion people that are willing to work like slaves while you got these Wellesley grads over here or these Ivy League students that don't want to get their hands dirty. But yet they want the plumber to pay for their tuition in student loan forgiveness. It's insane. It's absolutely crazy. So there's this great meme. If you want to see it, because it's a visual, until I start getting into video, um, uh, this will be uh, on my Twitter feed, X X feed. It says, waiting for Tucker Putin... Oh, let's see. Well, we're, we 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 can't take any calls today uh, because we're we're a little short on time. Uh, so I apologize for that. But, um, yeah, we're going to just go ahead and uh, silence that today. Um, so it says, "Waiting for Tucker Putin." Quick reminder of the moment Putin took a sh- uh, a uh, took a uh, crap. In the mouths of Rothschild's puppets, Macron of France and Merkel of Germany completely ignored them and walked straight to President Trump and Melania to shake their hands. Power move. You have to see it. It's just, it's, you know, it's, it has a musical background there. You know, it's pretty cool. Very, very hip. And uh, you, all you have to go do is uh, follow, hey, follow me on uh, Twitter. Twitter.com slash Scott Adams Show. Or just go to Twitter and search for Scott Adams Show, and you'll find me and follow me. That'd be great if you can do that. Um, so here's what Tucker had to say about his interview. They are history-altering developments. They will define the lives of our grandchildren. Most of the world understands this perfectly well. They can see it. Ask anyone in Asia or the Middle East what the future looks like. <laughs> And yet the populations of the English-speaking countries seem mostly unaware. They think that as nothing has really changed. And they think that because no one has told them the truth. Their media outlets are corrupt. They lie to their readers and viewers. And they do that mostly by omission. For example, since the day the war in Ukraine began, American media outlets have spoken to scores of people from Ukraine, and they have done scores of interviews with Ukrainian President Zelensky. We ourselves have put in a request for an interview with Zelensky, and we hope he accepts. But the interviews he's already done in the United States are not traditional interviews. They are fawning pep sessions, specifically designed to amplify Zelensky's demand that the U.S. enter more deeply into a war in Eastern Europe and pay for it. That is not journalism. It is government propaganda. Propaganda of the ugliest kind, the kind that kills people. At the same time, our politicians and media outlets have been doing this, promoting a foreign leader like he's a new consumer brand, not a single Western journalist has bothered to interview the president of the other country involved in this conflict, Vladimir Putin. Most Americans have no idea why Putin invaded Ukraine or what his goals are now. They've never heard his voice. That's wrong. Americans have a right to know all they can about a war they're implicated in. 
and we have the right to tell them about it and paying because for it. we are Americans too. Freedom of speech is our birthright. We were born with the right to say what we believe. That right cannot be taken away no matter who is in the White House. But they're trying anyway. Almost three years ago, the Biden administration illegally spied on our text messages and then leaked the contents to their servants in the news media. They did this in order to stop a Putin interview that we were planning. Last month, we're pretty certain they did exactly the same thing once again. But this time, we came to Moscow anyway. We are not here because we love Vladimir Putin. We are here because we love the United States. and We want it to remain prosperous and free. We paid for this trip ourselves. We took no money from any government or group. Nor are we charging people to see the interview. It is not behind a paywall. Anyone can watch the entire thing, shot live to tape and unedited, on our website, TuckerCarlson.com. Elon Musk, to his great credit, has promised not to suppress or block this interview once we post it on his platform, X, and we're grateful for that. Western governments, by contrast, will certainly do their best to censor this video on other less principled platforms because that's what they do. They are afraid of information they can't control. But you have no reason to be afraid of it. We are not encouraging you to agree with what Putin may say in this interview, but we are urging you to watch it. You should know as much as you can. And then, like a free citizen and not a slave, you can decide for yourself. Thanks. Wow. Okay. So, you know, thank goodness for Elon Musk and X for this one, right? I mean, this is game changer, folks. We are, fi- we are finally having justice or, or, or free speech on at least one platform. And Twitter is outpacing in terms of viewers and subscribers and, and all this uh, all this traffic, they're, 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 they're superior to every other media right now. I've always used Twitter and X as my aggregator, uh, news aggregator. And I set up my entire show using Twitter tabs on my browser. That's how I do it. And so if you want to know what today's show is going to be, look at yesterday's tweets. Because... Over the course of 24 hours, I post stuff on Twitter that I know I'm going to cover on my show. That's how it's done. That's how it's done at the Scott Adams show. That's how we do it. So that was just so powerful. Now, here's something that's really interesting. I'm going to go ahead and narrate this because Vladimir Putin speaks in Russian, of course. So check this out. I'm going to do my best. He says, I can't judge how true it is, but I did see the statement by the ex-minister of Georgia for national security. Of course, it is worrying. The development of bioweapons, if that is what's happening, is very dangerous. They are developed on the basis of the latest discoveries in the sphere of genetics from from the documents. I'm going to turn this lower a little. From the documents that I've seen, I can only repeat that tools are developed that only affect people selectively based on the ethnic group they belong to. So what he's saying is, is there are bioweapons that are going after minorities. It's sort of like Margaret Sanger. 
you know, and eugenics and abortion clinics being propped up in minority uh, uh, packed areas. Um, it's it's like eugenics. It's like Hitler. He wanted a white Aryan race. It's it stems from the social socialist uh, roots, uh, is what it's what it is, and that's what that's what the G seven has become. So he continues, over two to three generations, they are allegedly testing on animals like rats and dogs because they have a short life cycle. In the second and third generation, such changes take place that they fully replace the original look of the animal. Wow. That's, that's something. So he continues, and we're going to read the last part. If this is true, then it is a big threat. How to fight it? Everyone must understand that nothing new is created and nothing disappears. For every action, there is a reaction. If someone is developing such things, they must understand others will too. So it's sort of like, you know, um, they're just going rogue off of this. Now, this is another one that's already narrated. Uh, check, check this out. In Ukraine... There was a network of dozens of laboratories led by and financially supported by Pentagon, and they were carrying out military biological programs. They were experimenting with the strains of coronavirus, anthrax, cholera, African pig plague, and other deathly lethal pathogens. And now they are trying to mop up the evidence of this program. But we have every reason to believe that next to Russia, in Ukraine, next to Russian borders, they were basically creating components for biological weapon. And our numerous warns that such developments have poses direct threat to the safety of Russia. They were rejected by Ukraine and by their patrons from the U.S. And they did it in a very brazen way in Ukraine. So basically, you know, he's, re- he's, he's telling us what he's going to be telling Tucker, number one. He's also telling us what we've been saying on this show for a long, long time. And that is that there was a lot of uh, State Department manipulation in 2014 with Victoria Nuland and Jeffrey Pyatt and they were doing a lot of different meddling of elections back then. They were trying to uh, then control Pornchenko. Uh, they were uh, sitting on board of Burisma. And the guy, that it, Kolomoisky, that owns Burisma and also owns Zelensky, uh, because Zelensky used to work for Kolomoisky, is this huge oligarch. And basically had control over the energy uh, within Ukraine. And where you control people's energy, you control people. And they had a prosecutor looking into the situation, Victor Shokin. And then basically Joe Biden said, I'm going to withhold this billion dollar grant uh, unless you fire the prosecutor that's looking into my son's cash cow, Burisma. And it, was, it wasn't just the money, but it was also the actions and the manipulation of Ukraine. Because there were a lot, uh, I believe that there was a lot of bioweapons from the Middle East in the wake of the Iraq war that were found and stored 
in Ukraine. And not only that, but there is Metabiota and a lot of other investments uh, through Fauci and others uh, that um, Dezak, remember him? And uh, uh, something Alliance, uh, basically Dezak's uh, organization, who was getting major funding from NIH, was also working with the bioweapons in Ukraine. And someone like Vladimir Putin, I think, found that to be threatening. One mistake, and they could be end end up in the, in you know, in the in the eye of the storm of a bio uh, leak, right? A chemical leak. So let's take a listen to this. In. There was a network of dozens of laboratories led by and financially supported by Pentagon, and they were carrying out military biological programs. They were experimenting with the strains of coronavirus, anthrax, cholera, African pig plague, and other deathly lethal pathogens. And now they are trying to mop up the evidence of this program. But we have every reason to believe that next to Russia, in Ukraine, next to Russian borders, they were basically creating components for a biological weapon. And our numerous warns that such developments have poses direct threat to the safety of Russia. They were rejected by Ukraine and by their patrons from the U.S. And they did it in a very brazen way in Ukraine. So, yeah, he just said it right there, right? He said it there, and uh, he has every right to be feel threatened by NATO aggression. NATO is expanding into Sweden now. They've expanded over the last 20 years. It's, 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 it's causing more conflict than than it needs to how much how much power do you need to surround russia before it's enough you know what was the nato's original purpose so i see this as you know um i think that you're going to find that one of the reasons why they went into ukraine is to not only take out the threats but also gather intelligence and it wouldn't surprise me that Vladimir Putin has a lot of dirt and information on people like Joe Biden and the Biden crime family in general. So Benny Johnson writes, when a lib calls Tucker Carlson a traitor for interviewing Putin, remind them that in 2013, John Danizewski interviewed Putin for AP. 2016, John Meckelthwaite interviewed Putin for Bloomberg. 2017, Oliver Stone interviewed Putin for Showtime. 2017, Megyn Kelly interviewed Putin for NBC. 2021, Kier Simmons interviewed Putin for NBC. 2021, Hadley Gamble interviewed Putin for CNBC. Are they all traitors too? So, you know, it's okay when liberals do it, I guess, but. So, Ronna McDaniel, you know, we just heard that Ronna McDaniel's resigning after South Carolina's primary. And she did a horrible job. And I don't think anybody knows it better than Vivek Ramaswamy. Let's take a listen. 
I think there's something deeper going. Oh, by the way, this was Vivek in one of his debates over this uh, summer, I guess. I think there's something deeper going on in the Republican Party here. And I am upset about what happened last night. We've become a party of losers at the end of the day. We a cancer in the Republican establishment. Let's speak the truth. I mean, since Ronna McDaniel took over as chairwoman of the RNC in 2017, we have lost 2018, 2020, 2022, no red wave that never came. We got trounced last night in 2023. And I think that we have to have accountability in our party. For that matter, Ron, if you want to come on stage tonight, you want to look the GOP voters in the eye and tell them you resign, I will turn over my, yield my time to you. And frankly, look, the people there are cheering for losing in the Republican Party. Think about who's moderating this debate. This should be Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, and Elon Musk. We'd have 10 times the viewership asking questions that GOP primary voters actually care about and bringing more people into our party. You think the Democrats, and we've got Kristen Welker here, you think the Democrats would actually hire Greg Gutfeld to host a Democratic debate? They wouldn't do it. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Kristen, I'm going to use this time because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. Mr. Ross. Wow. This is how we get our country back. We need accountability because this media rigged the 2016 election. They rigged the 2020 election with the Hunter Biden laptop story. And they're going to rig this election. Your time is up. Let me turn to Governor Governor Christie. Boom. (laughs) That is pretty powerful. The big man, he's got, he's courage, right? And he's got a lot of wisdom behind him too. Um, So here's uh, the... Former president of the city council of Atlantic City charged with submitting fraudulent mail-in ballots. Let's see if we've heard this scheme before. Okay, this is Atlantic on City. Felony over in New Jersey. One. A political operative has just been arrested on felony mail-in ballot fraud charges stemming from the operations that he's allegedly been running for years over in Atlantic City. The political operative in question is Mr. Craig Calloway. He's the former president of the Atlantic City City Council. And locally, Mr. Calloway is seen as something of an expert in terms of mail-in ballots. The chairman of the Atlantic County Republican Party summed it up quite succinctly. He can make or break an election. In terms of how Mr. Calloway was able to get this done, well, we now have some clues. Because last Thursday, Mr. Calloway, he was arrested and charged with federal voter fraud related to his work on mail-in ballots. The allegation here was that Mr. Calloway and his subordinates were voting on behalf of people who did not authorize them to do so and or were not even aware that this was all taking place. So, so that's what I've been saying all along. What they're doing is they're flooding, they're using motor voter to get these people registered even though they're illegal and they're not allowed to vote, but somehow they have a registered ID number. They're going to get registered. A ballot's going to go out to a certain address. Ballot harvesters are going to pick up these ballots and then what's going to happen is uh, they're going to drop them off over the course of 30 days to 60 days. I mean, again, we need same-day voting. They won't have the time to do enough rigging to pull it off, number one, of same-day voting. So we need same-day voting. That's what we need. And we also need paper ballots. No mail-in ballots unless absolute exceptions like absentee ballots used to be. 
You know, we got here through the COVID with all these COVID restrictions and mandates and, 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 and modifications. But COVID's done now. Why do we still have pandemic rules outside of a pandemic? For that matter, after 9-11, we had the Patriot Act. We agreed temporarily we're going to do some things that are going to infringe our civil liberties a little bit. But then it's still here. We still have it. We still have this stupid FISA court that's so corrupt that's allowing for all kinds of illegal searches and seizures. So Peter Ducey, how is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters we are worried about? So, oops, <laughs> sorry about that. Got to turn the phone off. Um, all right, so that was my Kill Bill ringtone. Um, but here we go. Let's take a listen to this question. How is President Biden ever going to convince the three quarters of voters who are worried about his physical and mental health that he is okay, even though in Las Vegas he told a story about recently talking to a French president who died in 1996. I'm not even going to go down that rabbit hole with you, Why? sir. What is We're going to go. Hole? Go ahead. He said go he ahead. talked to Mitterrand. Go ahead. In you saw the president in Vegas, in California. You've seen the president in South Carolina. You saw him in Mich- Michigan. I'll just leave it there. Go ahead. So they can't answer it, but he did, man. I'll tell you uh, what happened with uh, Joe Biden. I mean, Joe Biden was just completely gone in this thing where he's talking about Mitterrand from the 80s when he was talking we thought he was talking about Macron I mean he should be in the well he should never have been in the White House he was never White House material and he never got 81 million votes 81 million ballot ballots may have been counted but Joe Biden never earned 81 million votes. That's insane. If anybody thinks that, that they're, they're brainwashed. So Jean-Pierre uh, is just the worst uh, White House spokesperson, I think, ever. But let's take a listen to this. The president said last month that there was a crisis at the border. I know the White House is calling on uh, members of Congress to, I think in your words, put policy above politics. In the absence of that, though, uh, is the president evaluating any executive actions that he could take on his own uh, to address that crisis? Is he looking at perhaps a menu of things like you know, maybe a, a state of emergency or... New, new policies that he can act on his own. We have a bipartisan agreement that the Senate put forth. Republicans and Democrats came together. There's actually a piece of legislation. Text came out on Sunday. Folks have been working on that for two months, and it is the toughest and the fairest piece of legislation. that. We- no, it's not. It doesn't do anything to secure the border, and it gives $60 billion to Ukraine, and Lankford was played in, in the Senate. And the House is going to reject it. So it's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, Joe Biden reversed 97, turned, uh, reversed 97 uh, laws or, or um, initiatives related to border security when he, like in his first two weeks in office uh, through executive orders. And now he says he can't do an executive order to protect the border. <laughs> it's it's a joke. You you heard all of his testimony where he 
totally wants an invasion on the border because he's selling out the corporate interests because that's what he's made of. And he's selling out the corporate interests because they want that slave labor. They want that cheap labor that's coming in from developing nations, that's exploiting people uh, at the lowest rung, and it's inhumane, and it should be stopped. This human trafficking should be stopped, period, end of story. I got another interesting story. Steve Forbes, this is tyranny. Forbes Media Chairman Steve, Steve Forbes discusses Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen dodging a question on the surveillance of Americans' bank transactions on the bottom line. So let's take a listen to this. Has Treasury instructed financial institutions to search Americans' legal transactions in attempts to surveil their purchases? We intend to investigate fully and to respond. Have you instructed banks and financial institutions to provide this information? Well, FinCEN's job is to work with financial institutions to make sure... Are they instructing them... Financial institutions to search Americans' legal transactions in attempts to surveil their purchases. I, I promise a thorough look at <laughs> everything. Well, this is really heard. concerning. Well, that's like a that's like yes, we did, but we can't say it in public. We're going to lie to you. So they are they were using the Treasury Secretary is all but admitting that. They're doing what they did with the Ottawa truckers. They seized their bank accounts and took their money and uh, looked at the transactions that were made and targeted people. Uh, so they're, they're, they're doing that. They're messing with your bank money. And they want to now be in control of central bank digital currency. I think they call it FedNow or something like that for the Fed Reserve. Take a listen to this question. Journalist gets too close to the big secret. State Department spokesperson Spokesman Matt Miller panics and refuses to comment on USAID funding of gain-of-function research. How, how much money went from USAID to this, to the work at Wuhan and to their collaborator, Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina, uh, to create, to collect and make coronaviruses that are weaponized, that um, are more deadly. So I, first of all, reject the implicit accusation in that question, and I do not have at my finger, I, 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 do not, I do not have at my fingertips the particular details of USAID are you saying for certain? Go ahead. Are you saying for certain go, that go, no go, USAID go, money go, went to the I, Wuhan I, Institute I, I've of Virology? question, go ahead. No, please tell me, do you, no, do you, I, I, are you I, stating I, that no USAID money? I, I am happy to take questions from those in, in this audience. I'm happy to answer them. I appreciate that they treat uh, every person in this room, including myself, respectfully. I call on you. I'm now calling on someone else. Go ahead. Well, he's running from that question, right? That was a big question. USAID funding gain-of-function research that killed millions of people. Tom Massey alleges that Alejandro Mayorkas may have violated the Federal Records Act in regards to Secret Service cell phones, which were destroyed and data records which were deleted from and around January 6th in a House Rules Committee hearing. That's, a not, that's another big story, deleting of records. Here we got Marjorie Taylor Greene, Democrats and the, and the uh, let's see, 
and the media have lied, labeling President Trump an insurrectionist without evidence and without one single J6 protester being charged with this crime. So the Black Lives Matter domestic terrorists who caused $2 billion in damages are protected as mostly peaceful. So thank you to Matt Gates for introducing this, this sense of Congress declaring President Trump an innocent man. Yeah, that's good. This was amazing when I heard it. Uh, but Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful, he says, he's called, went on CNN to absolutely destroy Letitia James' case against Trump. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this, exactly what Trump does with valuation of properties. And it's up to the investors to do their due diligence. Um, who lost money? Nobody. If you're going to sue this case and win, you got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal. This doesn't even make sense. So basically uh, what happened there too is that their new report came out just in the last couple of days saying that this is the first time on record that anybody has ever uh, been charged for a crime where there was no, no victim. Um, this is Senator James Lankford. He helped negotiate the border bill in the Senate that doesn't close our borders, forces a Trump second term to take in illegals, and sends $60 billion to Ukraine. James Lankford is a rhino globalist. He hates his own voters. He's from Oklahoma. Well, guess what, James? The feelings are mutual. So, you know, that's, uh, I was just reading that tweet. So John Kerry on climate change. The real enemy is humanity itself. The sudden absence of traditional adversaries has left governments and public opinion with a great void. New enemies, therefore, have to be identified. So he just doesn't like the fact that people are calling him out on his nonsense, right? Elon Musk tweeted this out. He says, an anonymous source. Oops, we're running out of time. An anonymous source just sent me this Disney, this from Disney. It's a mandatory institutionalized racism and sexism. They've gone completely woke. Um, so President Trump just put out a new ad campaign focused around those guys that uh, beat up on the uh, Bronx police officers. That was a pretty big thing. For the first time, Denny's, after 50-something years, has left Oakland because of the crime. Again, woke policies and Soros DAs are doing nothing to help. Well, in any case, uh, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I was racing at the end there. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Make a donation if you can, if you'd like to keep the Scott Adams Show commercial-free. Also, use Red State over at mypillow.com as your promo code. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, buddy. Just to bury my kids right up to there.